Good morning. I want to invite you to participate in one of my most favorite worship services of the entire Christian year. A worship service we call Ash Wednesday. It's a service which we do at the beginning of Lent every year as we journey toward Easter. Uh, it's my favorite worship service because uh, it helps us prepare for Easter morning. It encourages us to intentionally slow down and reflect upon our lives and our relationship with Christ. It is a, a service which encourages us to uh, listen to God's guidance as he redirects us and helps us to readjust our lives so that we might experience the love of Christ each and every day. And it's a worship service in which we are encouraged during Lent to allow the Spirit to renew us and reshape us so that on Easter morning, not only do we join together to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus, but we join to celebrate how God has worked in our lives through the Lenten season to draw us closer to him and enable us to live and to love like him. I hope you'll join us on February 26th at 6.30 as we kick off the Lenten season with Ash Wednesday worship. Mark your calendars for our New Traditions Worship Service on February 23rd. This service will feature a non-traditional style of music. Come early for coffee, baked goods, and fellowship. Good morning. Here, I'm ready to come up here and talk, and I realize I don't have a pack on. My microphone's not going to work very well without a receiver. Uh, yeah, you all are. It's awesome to be here this morning. Um, it's good to have a little break in the cold weather, yes? Amen. Um, let us remind ourselves as we gather in this space that we come in expectation. We come in anticipation of experiencing God's presence among us. We come to open up our hearts and our minds so that we might not just hear the word of God, but that we might experience the spirit in the deepest depths of our soul so that the spirit might continue to shape us and to form us so that we may indeed live as the people God intended us to live, a people who share his love and his grace. And so I invite you to stand as the acolytes come forward, and we are reminded of Christ's presence here with us in the midst of our gathering and worship.
And now I'm going to invite you to remain standing as we join our voices together in um, an affirmation of faith from uh, the United Methodist Hymnal. So I invite you to join with me. We are not alone. We live in God's world. We believe in God who has created and is creating who has come in Jesus, the Word made flesh, to reconcile and make new, who works in us and others by the Spirit. We trust in God. We are called to be the church, to celebrate God's presence, to love and serve others, to seek justice and resist evil, to proclaim Jesus crucified and risen, our judge and our hope in life, in death, in life beyond death, God is with us. We are not alone. Indeed, thanks be to God. Amen. And now I invite you to greet each other in the name of Christ as the children come forward for a children's moment.
All right. Good morning. How y'all doing today? Are you doing well? Maybe. Are you awake yet? Uh, not all of you. Okay. Tell me something. Any of you go hiking? Any of you go hiking? No? None of you go hiking? Hmm. Sheesh. I'm not prepared for this. Can you pretend like you go hiking? When, when, you, when, when you're hiking in the woods and you, you come to a fork in the road, how do you decide which way to go? What, what determines which way you go? Yes? Whichever way looks best, and what, what is, how do you determine whether it looks best? Oh, okay. So dark and scary you stay away from, light and bright is good. Okay. Good deal. Do you like, like to choose the way that's paved, or you like to choose the way that's kind of rocky and rugged? Oh, listen to you. You're like... I should know, right? Any of you prefer the, the pa- smooth path? Maybe not? Okay. Well, that's okay. Sometimes we choose the easy way, right? Same thing with, with friends. We have to make choices, right? How do we determine whether or not we're going to go along with what our friends want us to do? Yes? Huh? Oh, how they ask. Okay, if they ask nicely. Okay. Anybody else? How do you choose whether or not to do what your friends want to do? Yes? If they're nice, okay. So like if they say, hey, let's go pick on this girl over here, and they do it real nice, are you going to do it? No. You're like, oh, come on, pastor, get a clue. No, because it's wrong? How do you know it's wrong? Okay. And you don't like it when people pick on us, right? Okay. Yes, sir? What are you dying to tell me? Just... Yes, sir? You're, you're already thirsty? <sighs> well, we know that the dehumidifier is not, or the humidifier is not working. That must be what the problem is. We're all thirsty, right? I'm already thirsty, too. Yes, sir. You what? Hmm. Hmm. (laughs) So, today, well, we've we've been studying this passage of Scripture where Jesus is teaching us what it looks like to live well in the world, okay? And and the, the bottom line, though, is, is that we can hear how Jesus, what Jesus teaches us, but we have to choose, right? We have to choose whether we're going to listen to Jesus' way or somebody else's way, right? We have to choose which path we're going to take. And I like, let's choose the one that's not dark and scary, but the one that's light and bright, even if it's more rocky, right? Okay. So, I just want to encourage you all to just, be re- just remember that we always have to choose and that hopefully we'll choose to follow Uh, Jesus and Jesus' way, which always encourages us to treat other people the way we would like people to treat us, right? You can remember that? Okay, so choose what path you're going to take back to your family. Oh, let's pray first. Can we pray? 
Okay, gracious God, I just thank you for um, these um, kids um, and for their families and, and for this church that surrounds them. Indeed, help them and help us, Lord, that uh, when we come to points where we need to make choices, uh, that we would be guided by your voice and by your spirit, uh, so that rather than contributing to brokenness, we might contribute to healing, and we might be your examples in this world. Enable us to do that this day and this week. In Jesus' name, and all God's children said, Amen. All righty. Well, the good news is, Matthew um, chapter 5, verse 6 says, God blesses those who hunger and thirst. <laughs> For righteousness, for they will be satisfied. So we come this morning hungry, we come this morning thirsty to be with our Lord. Let's all stand as we worship Him, and Lord, I need you. Lord, I come, I confess, bowing here. I find my rest, and without you, I fall apart. You're the one that guides my heart. Lord, I need you, oh, I need
Jesus, you're my hope and stay. Lord, I need you. Oh, I need you. Every hour I need you. My one defense, my righteousness. Join me in prayer. This morning as we pray, I'm going to mention some things. I want you to hold your hands out in front of you like this. And as we mention a certain category of people or just certain individuals that we may know personally or just, a, just this group of people, I want you to mentally place these people in your hands and then we'll say, Lord, we lift them to you. And I want you to just take your hands and just lift them up and release them physically we'll lift them up and release these folks that we're praying for to our Lord. So let's put our hands out and please join me. Heavenly Father, we come. We come hungry, we come thirsty, longing for you in our lives. Here within our hands, Lord, we, we place our lives, we place the lives of our loved ones, our family. We thank you for our family and ask that you be with us, strengthen us, guide us, that we would be families that live for you. Lord, we lift our lives and the lives of our families up to you. And Lord, so many of the folks that we know are struggling with cancer, different sicknesses and illnesses, so many things that physically wear us down and when we are physically worn out, it's hard to be emotionally strong and physically strong, spiritually strong for you. Those who are facing the sicknesses, illnesses, and things that are physically wearing their bodies down, Lord, we place them within our hands and we lift them up to you. Lord, there's so many, maybe here this morning, our loved ones and friends we know that are struggling, struggling financially, having financial hardships. And this is not a culture, this is not a society built for those struggling financially. For those who are unsure about food and clothing and shelter, we place them within our hands, Lord, and we lift them up to you. Lord, we thank you for all the people in our community that do so much to help us have a safe community, the officers, the firefighters, all the first responders, Lord. We pray that you keep them strong, that they can keep us safe. We pray that you keep them strong, that they can be there for us in our, 
in our biggest time of, of crisis. Lord, we pray that you strengthen them physically, spiritually, emotionally to be the best they can be when we're having the worst of ours. Lord, we place them within our hands and we lift them up to you. And Lord, we thank you so much for all the young families, all the kids that are here in our community. But there's so much brokenness. There's so much grief and sorrow and struggle within the children in our schools. Lord, we pray your love and grace would just fall upon these young families, strengthen the parents that are struggling just to, to raise their kids, be with the kids, help them to know the peace and joy that you bring to us through Jesus Christ. Lord, all these young families we place within our hands and we lift them up to you. We thank you so much, Father, for all that you bring to us through your Son, Jesus Christ, by the power of your Holy Spirit. And so we come to you now as Jesus taught us how to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
Have you all ever been um, invited to go somewhere and for uh, some reason um, you just decided, no, you didn't want to do that or it was too much trouble? Um, and then later you heard about how wonderful the event was or um, how, how great it was and you kind of wish you had accepted the invitation. Any of you ever experienced that? No? Okay. Are you all awake? Okay. Just checking. Well, you know, um, I think sometimes, so we, we, we've been now, what, five weeks, six weeks in looking at the Sermon on the Mount. I think sometimes we hear this sermon by Jesus, and maybe even you hear messages every Sunday uh, that are shared by Kobe or I. Uh, sometimes we hear messages in a way that, that is like, you better do this, or you better, um, rather than as an invitation. And I think in reality that Jesus in this sermon is not telling folks, live your life this way. He's inviting people into a certain way of life. Because the way that we live our life in this world makes a difference. And it not only makes a difference in our lives and our eternal destiny, but it makes a difference in the lives of people who inhabit this world with us. I wonder how many folks listen to Jesus' Sermon on the Mount um, and did not respond to his invitation. Today we're going to read from chapter 7, uh, the last half of, the, uh, of chapter 7, and we're going to um, read how Jesus concludes and the invitation that Jesus made to those first hearers and the invitation he makes to us today. And so beginning in chapter 7, verse 13, hear these words. Go in through the narrow gate. The gate that leads to destruction is broad and the road wide, so many people enter through it. But the gate that leads to life is narrow and the road is difficult, so few people find it. Watch out for false prophets. They come to you dressed like sheep, but inside they are vicious wolves. You will know them by their fruit. Do people get bunches of grapes from thorny weeds, or do they get figs from thistles? In the same way, every good tree produces good fruit, and every rotten tree produces bad fruit. A good tree can't produce bad fruit, and a rotten tree can't produce good fruit. Every tree that doesn't produce good fruit is chopped down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, you will know them by their fruit. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will get into the kingdom of heaven. Only those who do the will of my Father who is in heaven will enter. On judgment day, many people will say to me, Lord, Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name and expel demons in your name and do lots of miracles in your name? Then I'll tell them, I've never known you. Get away from me, you people who do wrong. 
everybody who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise builder who built a house on bedrock. The rain fell, the floods came, and the wind blew and beat against the house. It didn't fall because it was firmly set on bedrock. But everybody who hears these words of mine and doesn't put them into practice will be like the fool who built a house on sand. The rain fell, the floods came, the wind blew and beat against that house. It fell and was completely destroyed. When Jesus finished these words, the crowds were amazed at his teaching because he was teaching them like someone with authority and not like the legal experts. Everyone with ears to hear, hear the word of God and respond this day. I can't help thinking as I hear the end of that, the crowds were amazed. I wonder even if they stood up and gave Jesus a standing ovation and applauded and said, right on, right on. And then as they all departed, I can't help but think that many of them walked right past the narrow gate, back onto the broad path holding on tight to their prejudice, refusing to let go of their hatred, fostering an attitude of, of an unforgiving spirit, ever ready to retaliate and get even with anybody who wronged them, continuing in their effort to serve both God and wealth and status and prestige. Embracing the teaching of an upside-down world rather than embracing the teaching of Jesus. Because you know, if, we, if we're familiar with the Gospel, we know that the crowds certainly don't exhibit later in Matthew that they actually began to put into practice what Jesus had taught. It seems like they heard His words and yet they chose not to accept his invitation. And I really firmly believe that these words are an invitation. Jesus says, enter the narrow gate. Beware of the broad path. Not because if you take the broad path, God will punish you, but because the broad path leads to destruction. The broad path leads to a broken world and an upside-down world because it is the path that just goes along and follows the flow. Jesus' invitation is to look for the narrow gate and to be willing to walk on a more difficult road. Now, I don't know about you, we, we love to go hiking. We love to go hiking, and we love to go to the Smoky Mountains, and if you've ever been to the Smoky Mountains, you know there's some paths that, that are paved and broad and wide, and, and everybody goes to them, and indeed, uh, they lead to some beautiful sights. But really, on those paths, you don't have to think much about it. You just kind of follow along with the rest of the crowd, and, and you don't really pay attention to what's around you because there's so many other people around you, and, and you get to the site, and it's a beautiful site. But there are other paths 
There are other paths that are a little bit more narrow, a little bit more rocky. Paths where you really have to pay attention to what you're doing and how you're traveling. See, in part, I think that's part of what Jesus is saying in this picture, in this invitation. So often in this world, we just choose a broad path, the path that everybody else is taking, the path of this upside-down world, and we don't necessarily think about where we're going, why we're even going where we're going, or our behavior along the way. But, but Jesus invites us to a more narrow path, a more difficult path, a path that requires us to be more intentional about what we're doing and who we are and how we exist in the world. He invites us along this path that requires us to reflect deeper on life and not just live life on the surface. Never allowing the Spirit to touch us in the depths of our being. Jesus says, avoid the broad path because it leads to destruction. It keeps contributing to the brokenness of this upside-down world. Instead, he says, look for the narrow path. It may be more difficult. It may require more of you, but it is a path to life. Real life. Now, the good news, I think, is that uh, this, this narrow path that Jesus invites us on, if we find that we've walked down the, the broad path and we've made a mistake, we don't have to turn around and walk all the way back to the fork. Because I think along the broad path, Jesus has signs and people along the way saying, this way, get off the broad path and, and take this little dinky path here. It'll take you from the broad to the narrow. It'll take you along a path in which you will discover life in its fullness. And so that's one invitation I think that Jesus gives in this passage. I think the other, the other invitation Jesus gives is beware of false teachers. Beware of those people who are going to tell you that the message that I just delivered to you is hogwash. Love your enemies? Forget that. Don't return evil with evil? Forget that. Everybody knows that that just makes you a doormat. Jesus is saying, beware of those false teachers that will lead you astray. Beware of the teachers who will say, no, you really can worship God and wealth and comfort and prestige and status. You really can have it both ways. He's saying, beware of those false teachers who say that your faith and your religion is all about Rules and external behaviors.
Beware of the ones who, who, who teach that we just need to know what the rules are. We just need to know what the minimum is so that ah, when, we get to he- when, when we die, we can go to heaven. He's saying beware of them because they will lead, they'll lead us down the broad path. They'll lead us down a road that, that when time comes we will discover that we really never knew the heart of God. We'll discover that we really never opened ourselves up to God's deep abiding presence in our lives. Because in reality, all we were trying to do is to live up to some standards in our own power and being. All we cared about was, is there some magic words that I can say so that I can be assured of when I die, I go to heaven. Jesus says there will be people who say, Lord, Lord, I've given messages for you and I have done good deeds for you. And yet, he says, I haven't known you. Beware of the false teachers who make religion seem like it's about rules because Jesus is telling us it's about relationship. It is about knowing God and allowing God to know us. It is about opening ourselves up so that God knows us at deep and intimate levels so that the Spirit can work within us to to get rid of all the muck that is surrounding this beautiful image that God created us to be. Jesus wants us to know that going down this narrow path is not just about do's and don'ts, but it's about who we are doing life with and having the assurance that God is with us. And then finally, Jesus invites people to build a house on solid bedrock rather than on a sandy foundation. Because see, the reality of living in this upside-down world is that storms and trials will come to all of us. And if we built this beautiful house that looks good on the outside, on sandy ground, when the storms come, the house will collapse. When we build our faith or our life on this idea that nothing bad will ever happen to us if we trust in God, or or we build it on this foundation that we think that God is some uh, super judge that's just waiting to zap us when bad things happen, our world will fall apart. When we hear Jesus' teaching, and we don't even try to put them in practice through the power of the Holy Spirit. We are setting ourselves up for a fall. Jesus says the solid bedrock 
is to hear the words I have shared and put them into practice. Not because if you don't, I'm going to come along and wipe you out. But because if we put them into practice, we will go counter to this upside-down world. We will indeed bring more harmony into the world. We will indeed bring the love of Christ into this world. And even when the storms come, our faith and our life will remain solid. And even if it seems to fall apart, we can trust that God is with us and God will help us rebuild and be restored and renewed. Do you hear Jesus' invitation today? Do you hear his invitation? Don't take the broad and wide path. When you stop and think about it, you know where it leads. It gives us more of the same. Brokenness and hatred and violence. Don't follow false teachers. Follow the teachings of Jesus. Not just the easy ones, but the hard ones. Listen and read this sermon that Matthew shares with us. Not with an attitude of it being too hard, but with the attitude of what a vision it gives us for what life can be if we do life with Jesus. And don't build your house on a sandy foundation. Don't hear the words of Jesus and then decide they're too difficult or never even really intend to put them into practice. I'm amazed at the number of people who think that they can be a part of the kingdom of God, even though they have no desire to live according to the way that Jesus calls us to live, even though they have no real intention of even going to, to God and saying, by your Holy Spirit, help me to be the person you intended me to be. Help us to be the community that you intended us to be. No, instead, accept Jesus' invitation. Look for the narrow gate. Be willing to take the more difficult road that requires us to search deep within us about those things that need to be changed within us, about the, the, the muck and about all the stuff that needs to be cleared out in our lives so that we might also accept the invitation to be in relationship with God. First and foremost, 
Accept the invitation to open up ourselves so that God knows us and we know the heart of God. Then we'll no longer need commandments and rules because we will know what God wants us to do. Accept Jesus' invitation to build your life and your faith on a solid foundation. That when you understand what it is that Jesus calls you to do, that Jesus calls us to do, that we will indeed seek to put it into practice. Knowing that we do not do that in our own power. See, that's a great thing about this wonderful God that we created. He doesn't, he doesn't tell us to do this or that and then leave us alone and say, do the best you can. He comes to be with us if we simply open our lives up to guide us and to enable us to live into this kingdom vision. Do you hear Jesus' invitation today? Don't walk out of here and go past the narrow gate and hop back on the broad way. But open up your very lives to Christ this day. Invite Him to walk with you, and to show you the way, and to help you put into practice His teaching. Because it is the path to life and flourishing. It is the only way that this upside-down world will experience healing and hope and wholeness. May we hear Jesus' invitation today and respond by saying, I have decided to follow Jesus. Our ushers will come forward. You're invited during this time when uh, we receive uh, offerings and tithes. Um, You're invited to reflect on how God is speaking to you. You're invited not to just offer your tithes, but to offer your whole selves to God this day. Asking Him to lead you and to guide you.
givers and the gifts, that they may indeed be used for your kingdom work so that others might come to know Jesus and to follow him. In Christ's name, amen. And now remain standing as we sing, I have decided to follow Jesus. Kids, come forward. It's not in my book. The kids are going to help us with this. I'm like, I already did children's moment. What are you talking about? <laughs> Y'all practice for this, and here you're going to let me forget it. You should thank Miss Stacy. I don't think so. Are they going to be okay? Do we... Does he have the video? Have you got a video, Dustin? Okay, we're going to do a video. Sometimes things change. Is that okay? Because you all have seen the video. You're going to help the congregation, okay, sing, I have decided to follow Jesus. Now, here's the key, okay? Are we going to mean it? Or is it like just a cool song to sing? All right? Are you going to mean it? Or is it just a cool song to sing? All right, let's sing, I have decided.
Amen. All right. Good job. All right. High five. You can get the, you, you can put the candles out. And you all can head back that way. Okay? All right. Woo! That, has that got you ready to go now? Well, I hope you've heard the invitation. Um, I hope we catch a little bit of the excitement that the kids have um, and that we truly mean it when we say we have decided to follow Jesus and there is no turning back. Let us go forth from here knowing that God goes with us, that the Spirit enables us and empowers us to be the people He intended us to be. A people that bring flourishing in the midst of this upside-down world. Go in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit to follow Jesus with the same enthusiasm that these kids sang that song. Amen.